And now, from the University of Chicago Institute of Politics, The Axe Files, with your host, David Axelrod. When Spike Lee announced that he was coming to Chicago to do a movie called Chirac, the reaction was less than enthusiastic uh, in many parts of town. Uh, I wasn't one of those people because uh, we do have a problem in neighborhoods of our city uh, that are war zones between gangs. He produced a film that'll be out in a few days that is uh, grim in some respects and broad body satire uh, in others, typical Spike Lee. And I had a chance to sit down with him and talk about about the film, about politics, about race, and of course, about the New York Knicks. Spike Lee, I'm going to say something that uh, not everybody in Chicago said, which is, welcome to Chicago. Well, I, I mean, uh, I get that set when there was the Bulls and the Knicks. <laughs> but uh, no, I've always gotten, been treated great in Chicago, so I, I have no complaints. But you, but obviously there was a lot of uh, anxiety mm-hmm. among some. And I understand uh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you because of the name of the movie. Right, which and, I did not come up with. That was Chirac, which you're talking about. Yes. There's a moniker that was, that was uh, invented, you might say, or thought of by local Chicago rappers who felt that the south side of Chicago is a war zone. So they equated that with uh, Iraq. Yeah. Not just the south side, but the west side as oh, well, yes, by yeah. the way. West side, too. Yes. So what made you uh, decide to do this film? Well, the co-writer, Kevin Wilmot, and I tried to do this six years ago. He, he wrote a script where it was an adaptation of uh, the Greek play Lysistrata, which was written by Aristophanes, 411 B.C., and the name of that script was called Got to Give It Up. We had two readings for DreamWorks Studio. It didn't happen. And uh, a year ago... I was getting a lot of comments from people in Chicago. Spike, you need to come here. Spike, and you look at this. Spike, it's, it's, it's crazy here. Spike, look at this. And so then I remembered this, the, the project uh, Kevin and I had wanted to do. So I said, Kevin, let's rewrite this together, and let's make it take place in the south side of Chicago because the other script was a nondescript urban area. And I said, let's call it Chirac. So that's, that's how it happened. You know, I, uh, I had a chance to see the film. Thank uh, you. The I, other I, night. It was all you trying to get through that mob, and I, and I apologize for that. That's all right. You should never apologize for uh, drawing a mob. That, that, I thought that was a good sign. <laughs> yeah, it is. Good mobs of bad mobs. Yeah, well, but, that was a good mob, though. It was you. a good crowd. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and the movie was a great experience. Uh, let me tell you as a Chicagoan how I yes, reacted and, and, to it. And, and I respect your opinion, sir. I... Uh, the scenes of violence and the scenes of grieving mothers tore me apart. Tore me apart because I live here, mm-hmm. and I see those scenes played out on television every night. Right. Uh, and and you, you were so right that 
it is kind of a tale of two cities because I live in downtown Chicago and I'm I'm just miles away from this, but mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a whole different scene. It's another right. it's another world. So I saw all of that, Jennifer Hudson, Amazing. spectacular Amazing. Uh, in, in this film. I'd like film. to talk about it later if, you, if we could get to that. Yes, because she's experienced right. the impact of violence. Angela Personally. Ba- personally, right here in this city. Angela Bassett, uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as an older grieving mother who lost her child. So I'm torn apart by this. And then you have this satire that, mm. that is pretty faithful to Les Estrada, actually, mm. a play that was written 2,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm, and, and it's, it's funny and enjoyable, enjoyable in a way. Mm. But the question is, do you worry that the satire will overwhelm overwhelm the impact mm. of the real-life story that mm. people feel in the city every day? And, and, and that's a legitimate question, but I, 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 I think that I have enough skill and craft that uh, that won't happen. Satire, as you said, has been used. I mean, Aristophanes he satirized Greece at, at, at that time. One of the my Peloponnesian favorite, Wars. Yes, one of my favorite filmmakers, Stanley Kubrick. And, and what could be more serious than a nuclear holocaust? That will end this God's earth. Yes. But Dr. Strangelove is funny as a yeah, motherfucker. It is, yeah. So yes. I know that that there's a, a, a chance that people might think that, you know, but I think that I'm, I'm in, 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 in control of my craft that uh, people will get it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you that. How do you balance the two? Do you, do you I, think I, about I, that I, as you're sitting there in the yes. edit suite? Do you I think would about go, that? I will go to another film, Wizard of Oz. Very delicately. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, it's it's a juggling act, and it's not easy to do. Do the right thing is not a, a satire. It's a very serious film, but also is funny as hell. So yeah. it's it's a juggling act, and you you find the tone, and as you stated, Dave, you find the, the tone in the editing room. The, yeah. do, you find the balance, the correct balance. The thing I found shocking was. This was a, a huge production. It, it felt like maybe because we were sitting in the Chicago Theater, which is an incredible place, and, and it was huge, and mm-hmm. the sound was really great. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it felt like you know a huge production, and you were still shooting it this summer, which means that you, you were you, – I, how are you editing this thing? Well, our editors, my editors, uh, Ryan Denmark and Hemi Na, they were in Chicago with me editing while we were going along. Because there was a Dave, there was an urgency to this film. We knew we had to get this film out as soon as possible. Why? Because we wanted to save lives. I'm I'm, I'm always going to believe that art could, can can be used for good, and I felt that this film could save lives. So everything was at an accelerated pace. We just finished shooting July 9th. So a film is shooting July 9th, and then it's being released nationwide December 4th. That's not. Have you normal. ever worked on a schedule that expedited before? Yes, get on the bus. We had to rush for the anniversary of the Million Man March, but I mean that 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 was a very that that budget, not just a budget. The scale of the film was smaller than uh, what we have here with Chirac. You uh, 
the sense of urgency that you expect. You spent a lot of time with Mike Flager, Father Flager at St. Carolina Church. Father, that's my guy. Yeah, well, uh, mine as well. You know, I did a documentary yeah, about I, him. Yeah, I heard. I, I, uh, I wish to, and you have somebody send it to me, please? Yeah, I will. Please. I meant to bring it, and I apologize, but I'm gonna, I will send that to you. Now, you guys go way back. Yeah, we do. And he, uh, he obviously lives this every single right. day. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think people in Chicago really appreciate as a whole Father Flager? Well, he's I think a lot of people do. I okay. think he's a controversial figure. Mm-hmm. I think the most I have to tell you that uh, you know when I was working for Barack Obama right. back in the in the early 2000s he was running for the Senate and we took a poll because we wanted to put uh leading black figures on uh, the radio uh, right. endorsing him. And we listed a whole bunch of leaders in the black community. And far and away, the most uh, popular figure was this white Catholic priest. From St. Sabina. Of, from St. Sabina, Father Flager, which really, really interested me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's walked those streets for decades. He's, right. he's lived lived it he's he's experienced the loss he lost he had adopted uh children right i think too yeah who who who, uh and so um you know he he is sort of in many ways the face of of the fight against this problem i think he's a living saint myself yeah i'm i'm listen i i I, in interviewing father flager for this documentary Mm. you know the reason i did the piece was i thought he was going to get uh, essentially thrown out of there by the the uh, by Catholic. the archdiocese yeah. uh, because he was you know controversial and uh, and uh, I asked him about that and he said you know what I just I try and do what I think Jesus would have me do mm-hmm. and I really believe that I think that's what he uh, what he does courageous but, but tell me what you've learned about the Chicago in this situation and where you think we are in terms of all of this well two words dire straits. But I would like to say that, I mean, there's been some grumble. I just, I just got here. I mean, I was, we didn't start shooting until June 1st, but I was doing research coming back and forth between Chicago and New York in January. So I was, I was here going back and forth for six months before we started filming. Chicago is a, a great, great city, but also one of America's biggest segregated cities and unlike other cities there is a historical element of gangs yeah you know you had why, you, have you figured out why but you, but you had you had you know black gangs too so yeah tell me why well i mean i i don't know I, one of the things i it's it, it this town has always been very much divided into wards into parishes mm-hmm. uh it, it, it's a very parochial town mm-hmm. and you know everybody's aware of the ward they lived in and who the leaders of the ward were and who the lead and you the know, unions parishes. too right yeah mm-hmm. and so uh so you know it lends itself to that kind of organization mm-hmm. it's also a crossroads for drugs i mean it is a crossroads for the drug trade this guy uh down in mexico who who uh, dug his way out of for uh, that guy? Yes, uh, <laughs> that, that has a that has a bounty on, on Trump. Eighty percent of his eighty uh, percent of his drug trade in the U.S. passes through, or eighty percent of the drug trade in Chicago comes from him. So there is a big business here that right. fuels these uh, gangs. But uh, but you you travel the country. Uh, this is a it may be a particularly pernicious problem here, but it's a problem in 
in oh, yeah. cities across the no, country. I mean, what, I, what do we do about it? I mean, here's the thing. I think that we, we say, I mean, Andrew, Andrew Bassett's character says it's not just a fact. Her character hates the term Chirac yes. in the film. Yes, And she says it's not just Chicago. It's Philadelphia. It's Bodymore, Murderland, and it's Bucktown, which is Brooklyn, New York. And that's true. This this black black violence is happening all across this great country. But as Chicago is not is on another level. New York City has three times the population of Chicago, yet more homicides are committed in Chicago. But when you talk about the, the population of Chicago, it's really not the whole city. It's really the south side and the west side. So that'll make that number jump even higher I'm just you know I'm I'm assuming that the women of Chicago are not going to go on strike as they do in your movie oh lady started I saw that I saw that I think she's up to 33 people signed up (laughs) but we got we got two two ladies in the room right now (laughs) step on up (laughs) you can make it 39 the uh lock it up lock uh, it up assuming that that is not uh the case uh what do you see as the answer to this? I mean, I know you're, that's not your right. it's not your area. You're trying to raise consciousness, but I mean, as you travel around the city, what do you hear? What can help? Well, I think what could really help. We got to do something about these guns. Chicago is a very tight, tight, tight gun laws. But how long is Gary, Indiana, from here? Not a long way. So Indiana's yeah. lax. You can get anything yeah. you want. You get a bazooka. Right. With uh, whatever you want, and I mean, so that's. I mean, there was a story that came out the other day that majority of the, uh, the guns, the legal guns that come into this, this city are from Indiana. New York City is very, very tight gun laws, really put in there by uh, Mayor Bloomberg. But it's not so for Virginia, right? For Georgia, Florida, and New York's uh, surrounded by states that are relatively good on gun laws. So yes. you know, they don't they don't have the problem of neighboring states yes. where guns can pour in over. But it still board. happens, but not not as, not as prevalent as as having uh, Illinois with uh, Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of the? We fought like Father Flager is really pushing for less title guns like cars. I think that we have to have just more very simple legislation put into so it's not you know background checks. And I think that we have to really go toe to toe with NRA and the gun manufacturers, and and for the really for the soul of the of this of this this country, because I mean so often, number one, the United States is the greatest country on this God's planet, but also so many times we go around the world saying we're the moral force, the moral force of the world, and then. Newtown or right. Charleston and people around the world saying, "What the fuck? What are you talking about?" Right, right. I mean, they think they look at us like it's the wild, wild west. Right, and well, you just saw an example the other day because uh, there's a hue and cry about re- refugees coming in from Syria. Not what's but you Donald Trump. But, <laughs> Donald you know, Trump. I want to talk about <laughs> Donald Trump, Trump for a second because you know, let's set him aside for a second. But okay. you, as a New Yorker, you well, need to explain Donald Trump to the world. But we'll do that in a second. I can't. I, I, <laughs> I, even though he's broken, I don't claim him. <laughs> I don't claim him. Oh. Well, 
if it makes you feel any better, he probably doesn't claim you either. But uh, but but you know you have uh, you have people on the uh, uh, terrorist watch list who are allowed to buy guns because the NRA is so powerful in in, in Congress. It 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 is uh, you know Obama when he was in the legislature here had a debate with a guy from downstate Illinois that I'll always remember where he said uh, to the guy I understand what. The guns you grew up with guns, and your father took you hunting, and his father took him hunting as a young boy, and 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 we don't want to destroy those traditions. But I come from a community where mothers sit by the window hoping their kids come home from school alive, mm-hmm. and we've got to find a way to reconcile those things. You think we ever will? I think so, and I just think that we have to, we have to really explain to people that gun violence, I mean anti-gun violence, does not mean taking away people's Second Amendment rights. And I look, there was a time where my ancestors were enslaved. There were times when, uh, most recently, gay people weren't allowed to be married. So we've had these things throughout this history of this great country. And I think that we're going to get to the point where, where we won't want to bow down the tyranny of the NRA and gun manufacturers. If I were sitting uh, in front of the police commissioner uh, or Where? the police superintendent of Chicago, right. McCarthy, mm-hmm. and I asked him what was the f- the best thing we could do, the most important thing to stop the killing, he would have said exactly what you said. He would have said we're awash in guns here that are coming in from Indiana and elsewhere. We gotta we gotta be able to stop those. Uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, police in the community. You know, we've seen all of this. We've seen Ferguson. We've seen Baltimore. Uh, Staten Island. Staten Island, yeah, yes. which was maybe the most uh, uh, chilling mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, as, as, as we speak, and uh, there's a tape uh, that's going to be released in Chicago of a young man who was shot 16 times by a police officer, apparently while he was on the ground. We'll, we'll see what the tape shows. But, uh, and this is really exacerbated police community relation. Now, I would tell you, when I was a young reporter, the first column I ever wrote 43 years ago as an 18-year-old columnist was about police brutality and police community relations in Chicago 43 years ago. So it's not, not like new. new. It's What's new is we've got now people have cameras. Right. We're faced with it. You can't run away from it. And also... Uh Social media. So before, yeah. if it was a national story, you wouldn't hear about it. But now with social media, I mean, like, even if the local press doesn't report it, like Sandra Bland, that that, that started through right. social media. Yeah. So, um, And I do not believe, we have a line in that in the film where one lady says, do you believe Sandra Bland, Sandra Bland, Bland hung herself? I don't. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, but... And there's a there, there's so much of that reverberating around. On the other hand, uh, you know, when I was a young reporter, I also saw police do heroic things. Yes. Police who have their own families mm-hmm. uh, go in and do heroic things to try and save uh, other people. But here's the thing: yeah. I think that we still have to. I, I'm not going to be like another film director and say I won't mention his name. Yes, <laughs> about about. Yeah, does it start with a Q? <laughs> yes, but. Most, I would say most policemen do a great job. But that does not have anything to do with the ones that don't. Right. And so it's well, not, in fact, it's the not, ones that not, don't actually make it harder for the ones who do. Oh, they do. I, I agree with that. And, and so 
I think police have to be less sensitive to the ones to, to their fellow members in the ranks who are, who are fucking up. And, you know, they they stand toe to toe, arms locked, and you know, we're going to defend our defend our brother no matter what. And, and that and that's that doesn't that doesn't help with the community. You know uh, what worries me a little. I know that there's been a lot of debate back and forth. It's controversial to say it. Kind of seems to me like human nature that, and maybe in in, in many ways this is good that police are going to be more hesitant or more thoughtful about using force. That's that's good um, if they if they throw their hands up and say I'm not going to get involved. That's bad, and it strikes me that in each case the community that's going to be impacted are usually communities of color. They need strong policing, but they need cooperative policing. And, and I'll give an example uh, with, with the, I, I'm going to say the murder of, of Eric Garner and then This was the choking death the, the in choking Staten, death Island. Staten Island. And Mayor de Blasio says some statement about this that could have been his, you know His son. His son and then Patrick Lynch right. went berserk. The, the FOP guy, the head of the police the, union. The, the police union saying that the blood there's blood on city on 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 because two cops were killed after that, mm-hmm. and and the blood is on the on the steps of city hall and he, the family asked him this, the family whose officer was killed asked to come to the the funeral and the, the service and all the cops turned their back on him, and then for a while, they were there were no <laughs> I mean, yeah. when you have New York, eight, a city New York City eight million people and no arrest in one day, I mean. You're suspicious, huh? Oh, yes, yes. It was, it was like uh, 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 you might as well just walked off the job. You know, yeah. so it was a slowdown. Right. Definitely. Um, you've been no, – no one's done more sort of on race uh, through the arts and shining a bright light on these issues than you have over the last tw- 25 years. Ha- where do you think we are today? Have we have we made progress? Uh, and uh, uh, because the, it – feels very edgy sometimes <laughs> yes and and i would like to say that uh it's we you know we take one step forward and and one two steps back i when your guy our guy put his hand his right hand yes. Abraham lincoln's yes bible i thought it was a great day in the history of this country but I not buy the Kool Aid that we were now in a post racial. Yeah. No, no, I'm like, nor, what the fuck nor, is that? Nor did he, by the way. Oh, I'm, 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 not, us, I'm, not, I'm not saying no, it came from him. But there was this thing like, now that we have a black president, racism and prejudice is like abracadabra, hocus pocus, shazam, out of here. Right. And, and, I, and I, I said, uh, that, that, that is not the case. And and, and and I know you and the president weren't buying to that, but right. there was that. There was out well, there. Yeah, it was, there was, there was, out there was there. a hope as well. I mean, you know, the, the the thing that you have to deal with, or we had to deal with then, were you know expectations that were hard to crowd. The one thing that he did say that I think is true, that I think is really moving, is when he was thinking of running for president, Michelle asked him, well, "What what what do you think you can do that no one else can do?" And he said. I don't know, but I know this. When I raise my hand and take that oath, there are a lot of kids in this country who are going to look at themselves differently. Mm-hmm. 
And I've seen that, and I've, I've seen that when I talk to young black kids uh-huh. uh, who, 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 who couldn't imagine, you know, the, the possibility. Uh, and that, 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 that certainly uh, is progress. But we've seen a lot of angry voices. Uh, do you think that some of those voices have been directed at him because of race? Oh, yes. And I think that there's been you – might, you might not uh, make it a pun – but there's a spike, a spike in racism, I would say, since he's been in office. I know they will never make it public, but I would say it's safe to say he's probably had more assassination attempts on him. Don't answer. You, no, I know I'm not you can't. No, but I put money down that there have been more assassination attempts on him than any other president in the history of this country that you just don't know or, about. Or threats. Yeah. Or threats. Right. i also like to say that last Saturday I received the honorary Oscar. Yes, I want to ask you about and, that. And, and I brought up the president in addressing uh, diversity in the industries of uh, Hollywood and TV networks. Or a lack thereof. Lack of, lack of. Yeah. And I said, it's easier for African American to be President of the United States of America, the president of a Hollywood studio, network, TV, or cable. And it's true. Yeah, why, why is that? Part of it is we can't run campaigns for – if you decide to run for network studio, I'll come out of retirement, <laughs> Spike, and I'll help you. But we, we can't run campaigns for but, that. But, but what, what is it about Hollywood that has been so impenetrable uh, for uh, people I would, of color? I would just say it is, it is part uh, – Racism and also people don't understand what diversity is about, what it means. I also think I also brought up in my acceptance speech is that the United States Census Bureau, not Spike Lee, the United States Census Bureau states by the year 2043, white Americans are going to be a minority in this country. And that if you, and I said, if it looked out in the audience, if you are in the position of hiring, you should really think about maybe your workforce should look like, reflect this country. Plus, forget about where your views are, it's good, it's, it's good for the bottom line. So that's... Uh, Did you, you, you've been teaching for 20 or more 15 years. 15 years at NYU. Graphic. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, you're working with young filmmakers, yes. presumably uh, of, of diverse background. Oh, yeah, NYU is very diverse. Mm-hmm. Very, a you, lot, you, lot were, of, you came out of that program, right? Yes. Uh, and do you, see, uh, do you see a new generation of oh, talent yeah. coming out of there? Yes. Very talented. Very talented. And uh, I'd like to add that we kick USC in the ass. <laughs> they could kill us in football, but when it comes to film school, they can't have <laughs> But it's this thing of, I mean, imagery, imagery is, is, is so important. I mean, it, it people want to see themselves. Imagery, you know, positive imagery of who they are. I had a note. I had, I, my speech was not written out, but I just had to jot down some things. Another thing I had on my, my note that I, I forgot to say was that even forgetting about being a president, a president of a, a network or a studio, 
we we have to get those. There's not one African American. Let's leave animation out of it because uh, an African American woman is president of animation at Fox. Her first name is Vanessa. Always, always blank on her on her last name. Vanessa, please forgive me for the hundredth time. But have you have you have you able to? I know the president's seen it twice. Have you seen uh, Hamilton yet? I have. Yeah, amazing. one of the most amazing things yes. I've ever seen. Play everybody should see Hamilton if they get Please. a chance. In well, New if you York. get tickets, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could take six or seven years to go see it, but but you should go Man, see I it. I think I think tickets come around in September. But one of my favorite songs in Hamilton is a song called "Sung by the Great Leslie Odom Jr." I want to be in the room when it happens. Yes. So here's the thing: the way Hollywood works and the studios. They, the people who decide what gets made have a green light vote. And there are no people of color who have a vote. So we're not in the room. So if you're not in the room, you don't have a say. And that's and, and I know, and I love Denzel and Sam and everybody, Ms. Winfrey, but they are not, they don't have a vote. They're not part of the, the structure. I mean, let's leave Ms. Winfrey out because she has her own thing. She's but her own structure. She owns a structure. But as far as the Hollywood network, that schism goes, we do not have a green light vote. So therefore, we're not, you know, you're not in the room. And if you're not in the room, you don't have a say. Yeah, so uh, does, do, the question is, do, um, does Hollywood have to open its doors or do, do uh, minority... Um, entrepreneurs uh, have to kick the doors down by creating their own. It's 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 it's, uh, it's like the Bill Walsh, San Francisco offense. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, you got to run the ball, and you got so it's, it's multi-dimensional. You got to run, you got to throw, and then this thing is that uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, let me re- while you while you try and put the train back on the track. <laughs> Let me let me just pick up on the Hamilton thing for yeah. a second. Isn't that this amazing? is a play written by a, a young a Puerto Rican, Lin Manuel Miranda, and it is a uh, biography of Alexander Hamilton, uh, performed essentially in rap right. uh, by uh, an all black and uh, Hispanic cast, yeah. um, and it is it's just killing. It's and, and compelling and historically accurate, by the way. Did and you ever read the the book? It was by uh, Ron, yeah. uh, Ron Chernow. Yeah, did you Chernow. read it? I haven't. That thing is like twenty thousand pages. <laughs> no, I know. I know. He I mean, uh, an exaggeration. Lin Lin Manuel said he took the book on vacation, and he and he thought this. I ought to start writing about this. It must have been a long vacation because that was a hell of a long well, book. But I, 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 but I suppose I, 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 I I'm remiss because it's a great book. You got the book at book. the books. You know, when you're in the airport, you go to the book. I heard it was like that. Yeah. Grab the book to read on the beach. Yeah. Well, it's a great story. But, I mean, my point, my, my point is this. Who would have thought? And who, would, who would have thunk it? That, uh, that, uh, that an all-black uh, and Hispanic cast doing rap would have the smash hit on Broadway and it's a play about one of the founding fathers. So it that suggests some sort of progress. Oh yes. I mean I'm not one to say that we've not made progress. I mean you you sir, you were there firsthand. Well I mean you you had insight 
one day when you can. <laughs> one day when you're able to, we'll get the, the really real. I know it's a little <laughs> too close now. Yeah. But I know it's going to come. But you were witness yeah. to one of the great. I was lucky re- to be a witness, yeah. You were blessed. Yeah. And, and you were there for reason, though, because you needed to be there. Well, let's talk about this next election mm-hmm. that's going on right now. We Ooh, men- Lord, we men- help we- me, Jesus. We men- we help men- me, Jesus. <laughs> we, mentioned, uh, we mentioned your fellow Brooklynite. And also Bernie's. They're both from Brooklyn. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm I- only claiming one. <laughs> I know. Bernie actually uh, – Bernie – Sounds like he's from Brooklyn, doesn't he? He's faithful to his Brooklyn accent. <laughs> and he's been in Vermont more than half. <laughs> I'll tell you, he, we had him on a on one of. Our, he was our first show. Yeah. And uh, we were talking. About, he grew up in Brooklyn in the fifties, right. and uh, he was an athlete. You know, mm-hmm. at yeah, James so Madison Woody, High yeah, that's School. That's the same that Woody Allen says too. They they both went to Madison, but, but yeah, uh, and he and I said, "Well, uh, you, were you a Dodgers fan?" He looked at me like I was. Nuts. He said, what do you think? And, I, and he said, there were three guys when I was growing up who was ha- hated in Brooklyn. Mm. He says, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and Walter O'Malley. He says, and it wasn't necessarily in that order. Mm-hmm. He said, so he was, yeah, he's a Brooklyn guy. Right. But um, uh, so tell me about Trump, though. You know, because I'm, I'll tell I you, mean, I'll tell I, you why I raise it, because in the last uh, few days as we sit here. Because, uh, because what happened in Paris. What happened in Paris, and because he, there was a black man who was uh, hassled Ooh, at his rally, that. and he said maybe he should have been roughed up, roughed up, and uh, he uh, circulated some statistics that have since been debunked about uh, black oh, on black crime. No, and, but he uh, also said that people were applauding, standing up, and cheering in, 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 in Jersey, in, in Jersey City. Washington uh, Towers, right, full. right, and. But, you know, he's... Is that he, a bold-faced lie when he said, told, I saw it, I it was, saw it? it, was, it Where do you see it, it then? was. It was. Well, Where do you see it? That that question hasn't hasn't been answered. I mean, you know, the but thing is... But they had him on the thing. They kept saying, have you... They, no, I know. I know. I know. But my, my question is, uh, why do you think he's... He's gotten a lot of take-up, you know? He's not, like, being treated like a serial uh, exaggerator, liar, or whatever. He's... Uh, He's leading the Republican race for president now, whether he ends up there or not. This is all reaction to eight years of Obama. That's that's what I feel in my heart. This is a reaction to, like, look, the country's gone this way (laughs) for eight years, and we got to get control of this shit. And there's going to be something. If we get in the White House— there gonna be some motherfucking changes up in here. <laughs> well, and he's he's just there gonna be some policy changes. He's, he's just about that blunt. Yeah. Oh, he's not mean. Uh, I don't. I can't. Do you know see, him? I see him once in a while in a Nick game. You uh-huh. know, that's about it. I don't Th- know. The does guy. he have seats as good as yours? He doesn't have seats. Jim Dolan gives him seats. <laughs> he next to Dolan. Doesn't pay for anything, huh? <laughs> not the, not when he goes to the garden. <laughs> <laughs> um, does it? Does it? Does it bother you? Does it scare you? Does well, it's scary. It... I mean, I don't understand. I mean, just his his the, the things he said about Hispanics. I mean, and then what's scary is that he has he's like you just said he's number one, and, and Ben Carson's scary too. So yes. like it's one and two. Yeah, scary, but, but, but I do feel fading. that this is 
a portion of this country said, look, we didn't like this black guy. We didn't like this African. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you hear that joke in, 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 in Chirac? When uh, they're, in, they're in General Ken Kong's uh, office and she's reading the names of the people. He says, no, no. Oh, yes, says, I did. Says, I'd rather have, it's a, 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 a bumper stick. I'd rather have a lion African. A lion African. Uh, I'd rather have an African lion than a lion African. Yes, that was We got that, was that from a bumper sticker. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and how long did, did Trump push this thing that, that about, Obama's uh, yeah, birth yeah, certificate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this point you raised about a reaction, I I had this theory, which was what made me think that he could win in 2008, and that is that we tend not to choose the replica of what we have. We always choose the remedy. Even if people like the guy they have, yeah. they choose uh, the remedy. And, you know, they chose Obama because they thought Bush was you know, uh, was too aggressive, too impulsive, didn't see the world the way the world is. They How wanted do you a guy get to be the president of the United States and you would never let the, the continent? he just been to Mexico and Canada. That was it. Yeah. How do you even run? But not just... Just in the interest of time, I don't want to rehash all of that. But uh, but my We'd point is nobody is nobody is the bigger sort of antithesis of Barack Obama mm. than Donald Trump. He's you know he is bombastic. He's impulsive. He's unrestrained. Mean. Yeah, Nasty. I mean you know he's not. He what is. Did he say that lady that was horrible. Which was lady? She, she was on a on your period or something. Like oh that? yeah 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 yeah. During the debate, how, how do you, Megyn how Kelly do you, from how Fox? Do you say that? Well, you know, the thing is that he's getting a lot of reinforcement because he says he seems to have. But I, I think this will. You, and, you know, the other thing, you should appreciate the fact that you coming out of uh, the world you come out of, whatever else he is, he's entertaining and he knows how to use TV. Right. And, you know, he's he's he he you know, he said that his his childhood hero was Flo Ziegfeld of the Ziegfeld Follies. That's that was his childhood hero. He sees this as a big TV show. You but know, I want to bring up a film that was made in '57, I think, that had the crystal ball allus, a face in the crowd with Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith, written by my main man, who's no longer with us, Bud Schilberg, and directed by Ilka Sand. People. Please look at this film. Yeah, facing the crowd, it had it, it, it forecast Viagra. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. It is a great film. If you see the character, the, the character Lonesome Rhodes could is Donald Trump, except that he's not uh, some country bumpkin, but it's still the same thing. Before we uh, before we go, I ha- we share a few things. I grew up in New York City. Mm-hmm. We're about the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you born in 57? I was born in 55. Cool. And so I grew up a Knicks fan. Right. I lived through those 69, 70 yes. Knicks and, the you know, great, great teams. How'd you get Bill to Chicago? Bradley. Uh, I came out here to go to the University of Chicago. Great school. Yeah, it was a, it's a great school, and it's far enough from New York that I knew my parents wouldn't surprise me with a visit. <laughs> that was the other thing. Where'd you and go the politics were good. Stuyvesant, Stuyvesant Town in Manhattan. Uh-huh. You went to Stuyvesant High School? I did go to Stuyvesant that High School. That means you're smart. Well, well that I look, know. I know. you got to take the test. Stuyvesant Science or Brooklyn Tech. Right, yes. And depending yeah, on you your do, school, yeah. that's where you go. Yes, yeah. 
Well, I uh, conned my way in there, and uh, but uh, but most of the time I was like thinking about the Knicks mm-hmm. uh, and those hey, great teams. Now. Willis Reed. Well, yeah. well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Willis Reed, DeBusher, Bradley. Uh, Earl first Pearl Monroe. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go deeper. Bill Hoskett. Yes. Donnie May. What about Mike uh, Reardon? How about Phil Jackson? Cassie Russell. Yes. Dave Stallworth. Yes. Trainer, big time Danny Whalen. Yes. Red Holzman. I, I remember him all. Nate Bowman. Dick McGuire was the general manager. Yes. Yes. I can go toe to toe with you on oh, this. Oh, stuff. oh, oh. We're, we're fellow <laughs> followers, believers. Who was your Orange favorite? Who was your favorite? Walt Nick. Frazier. Yeah, he was great. But Grover Brooklyn, my guys were Walt Frazier, Joe Lee Namath, Joe Lee Namath yeah. Muhammad Ali, yeah. and Willie Mays. Those yeah. were my guys. And yeah. then just a kid growing up in Brooklyn. Didn't See, you're my. People? We're like. Black and white brothers separated at birth. Yeah, that would yeah. have been my list. Namath too, as well. Yeah, I love the Ooh. I love Namath. Who couldn't? Joe Willie. Yeah. Let me tell a quick story. There's, we had a teacher in fourth grade. Her name was her name was Miss Erba. And New York public schools. Yes, at the fourth of the grade, big breast, very attractive, blonde hair. So, the first time I met Namath, I said, Joe, do you remember I had a teacher? Says she used to date you. And he said, Spike, what does she look like? I said, what's the color hair? I said, blonde. He said, blonde. That could have been a million of them. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you got to get more than that. A blonde. Yeah. Back then? <laughs> yeah. He owned the then town I said, back then. She had big breasts. You got to get more than that. <laughs> yeah. Did he ever? You never got to. You never got to the bottom line on that one. I nah, nah, yeah. long. He's a long time ago. Long Spike. Long, long, long time ago. Um, you, I sh- uh, so now. Were you? Did you become a Bulls fan? I did. I went uh, around the mid seventies. I. You know, the thing is, when you're when the players who you love are are gone, gone yeah, then you don't have the same loyalty. Like I gave up on the Mets when they traded Tom Seaver to uh, to Cincinnati. In '77, so did, did you want the Cubs? To I beat did. Them in? Oh yeah, I did. I I wanted it, but I didn't get it. Too much pitching, baby. I know, but it's it, it's just the beginning, Spike. It's just the you beginning. What? The beginning of great years here in Chicago. It's only hey, been 107 I mean, years I know, since we I, I don't want to. Don't, don't I'm be glad greedy. You brought up 1908. You're supposed to be a You're supposed to be a voice for justice, man. You should be for the Cubs. We we uh, we we uh, deserve it. But uh, so the Knicks today, you've got this big kid, Porzingis from Latvia, 20 years old, seven foot three. When they picked him. I wasn't one of those guys. People were booing in yeah. uh, in New York. They had this famous shot where this young kid was crying when they made the the pick. But everybody's now saying, uh, "Oh, I want him all the time," which is BS. Yeah, Phil Jackson, who uh, was uh, had a kind of bad first year in New York, running the Knicks. Bad is no word. You were kind of critical, right? It was the worst year in the history of the franchise. Are you feeling better about him now? Oh, You're yeah. eight and six. Oh, we're, we're making the playoffs this year. Maybe we'll you, we, you could come out here for a round. You don't want us. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to deal with orange or blue, baby. We, got, I, I want my man Noah to get well because he's from Brooklyn, yeah. and we got to get him physically. We're gonna get, we're gonna get him on this podcast, Joakim Noah. You oh, know he's very intelligent, tremendous work in the in yes. the on this issue of crime and violence. Right. He's been you know he's put a lot of his own money into it. He's yes. running an art and sports program with his mom. Oh, he's doing great here. He's he's a he's a good man. Since you brought up the. Uh, 
since you brought up <laughs> since you brought up the the, the teacher, uh, the the big breasted blonde teacher. Right. I want to ask you about. Um, we walked out of there last night mm-hmm. and got into a conversation about whether. Um, now you were stealing from Aristophanes, so he would have to take the hit for this. Mm-hmm. But whether it, it it's a sexist depi- depiction of women, oh, no, uh, I, to, I or or is it a sexist depiction of men who are depicted as sort of thinking with their dicks? Well, here's the thing: if a film is about women who who are trying to start a, a, a withdrawal, a sex strike, they have to be appealing to the men, or it defeats the purpose. Right. If you look like, <laughs> I don't even use the word. If you if you look like someone's not attractive, they say, okay, I don't want your funky ass anyway. The women have to be attractive, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that that has come up before. Did, were we were we given? Did we show stereotypical images of of of, of women in this film? I I would, I would disagree. Um, but I understand that that comment. Yeah, well, I guess the the crux of it is that the thing that they had to offer was sex. Now, the Angela Bassett ca- right. uh, character is is really a a depthful mm. character, so mm. it's not all of the characters. Right. There, but but again, you're borrowing not to give your answer for you, but you also were borrowing from a something's written 411 BC. But when you think about it, many wars have been fought over women. And, and sex is, I mean, besides breathing and eating, depending who you, depending yeah, who you are, you could one, two, breathing, three. Eating. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't, you're people, now, you're not, I'm not going to ask you to rate <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to rate that. Oh, you know what, though? I, I'm having some problem in, in, in the home. My, my wife started talking about some type of strike. I said, wait a minute now. <laughs> I met your wife, by the way, who's in the in the business herself, and she brought yeah. her one of her films to the University of uh, Chicago about the civil rights movement. Yes, welcome to the Watsons. And it uh, was the Watsons uh, go to Birmingham. And we brought some um, uh, students in from the public schools on the South Side, mm-hmm. and it was a great great program. So we're, we're we were grateful to her. You know, I have love for Chicago, and I as I know we have to, to close this out, but I, in no way, shape, or form, I want people to think that I came here to do some harm to Chicago, or this is done for all love, this is done for uh, to save lives. And then, to close it out, David, I would just like to pose these questions. Would Jennifer Hudson, whose mother brother and nephew were murdered on the south side south side would she be part of a film that would make a mockery of the death was she in the death would she make a film would she be part of a film that that laughed at her loss with the women in purpose, purpose over pain an organization comes out of St. Sabina these are mothers who belong to organizations whose children were murdered shot down on the, on the west and south side of Chicago, would they betray their children's legacy by being in the film that made a mockery of their children being slammed? You just have to ask that question. I mean, and, and the answer is no. Well, I was thinking about that when I watched Jennifer Hudson's performance Woo! because that came from a very, very uh, personal place. I yes. mean, she was entirely um, in that 
character and, and, I was, and what and, and maybe a little bit was that character yes and 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 and, and that's why I cast her that's why I thought of her but when I got her number I it, I did not call her right away because I had to really think long and hard how, how I was going to approach her because no way that I wanted to think that I was trying to, to exploit her family tragedy but when I when we spoke she said Spike I go through this every day Let's come on I want to do this role let's go so as soon as we talked she got the script Jennifer was gung-ho she said come on let's do this let's save lives well I my fervent hope is that this film does help save lives and that uh, uh, that we can make some progress on this because anybody who has a child now I have a grandchild um Look, uh, looks at these mothers on television, and uh, it just breaks you. It, does. it breaks. It breaks you apart. So something has to be done. To. Spike Lee, it's great to have you here. Thank I, you. Uh, you, thank you come back to Chicago. Oh, yeah. You don't have to wait for the playoffs. Uh, we we, 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 we have some regular season games here. Yeah, in, yeah. In come, the United States. Come on back. We can sit together. I'll show. I can explain to you as we as the Bulls are winning, <laughs> why it's happening, and well, it'll be a lot of fun. Well, look, I love basketball. I love Chicago. And uh, Chicago is a great, 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 great city. Come back. Thank Come you. back a lot. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. My man. Thank you for listening to The Axe Files. For more podcasts like this, subscribe to The Axe Files on iTunes. And for more programming from the University of Chicago Institute of Politics, visit politics.uchicago.edu. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.